Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? Kelsey Charles here. Megan Murray is out of office today, but don't worry, guys. You are still listening to Girls Talking Boys. I have a special guest. I guess it's girls and a girl and boy talking boys. John Mashoda, the friendliest friend of the show. I think you really are the number one star guest of our podcast is joining me today. Welcome and thanks for uh, stopping by. Yeah, no problem. You know, I'm good to do this anytime. I mean, <laughs> as long as I don't have anything work-wise going on, I can usually make time for this. I always enjoy talking to you guys. <laughs> it's it's honestly one of my favorite things because, you know, we're deep in the off season and everyone's like, we just were talking offline how you're very ready to get out to Oxnard because the weather is atrocious. But I feel like it's always there's always something to talk about with the Cowboys, but also at least it's not as crazy as normal. And so I kind of wanted to continue the start of a series that we did a couple weeks ago with the one Dave Hellman. And, you know, it's it's funny, like working at the Cowboys or covering the Cowboys is just kind of a surreal experience because I I think we don't even realize like how crazy it is. The, th- the things that we are going through, the things that we do, the things that we cover until we have like an outsider who's like, excuse me, like that's insane. And so I just had the best time talking with Dave about all of his favorite memories and just Valley Ranch things and training camp things and things that we had forgotten had even happened. And I just thought it would be kind of fun to get the very own John Mashoda in the mix because we know he's got some stories to tell as well. Yeah, it's. I, I didn't know really when you texted me about this. I didn't know exactly like what stood out. I mean, for me, it's mostly games and really thinking about it. So I started traveling in 2014. Like I covered the Cowboys since 2011, like going to all their practices and training camp and home games. But actually going on the road, I didn't start going until 2014. And so when I think of my like the memories that stand out most of the Cowboys, like the very first one that always comes to my mind is the first row game I got to cover was at Seattle in 2014. And it was such a great game. Uh, and it was just like kind of a, a game where you were like, okay, this team might be for real for them to go on the road, beat a really good Seattle team. It was a, as a close game, great Tony Romo to Terrence Williams play. That's probably one oh, of, drag. yeah, it just, it's one of the most memorable Cowboys plays of the last decade. Um, but when you said Valley Ranch, though, uh, <laughs> I just like I miss it because 
the new place is just so different from Valley Ranch. You know, the star is just as corporate as corporate gets. And Valley Ranch was just, you could tell when you were around there, it was getting outdated. It was like, I can't believe that the Dallas Cowboys have really a worse practice facility than the Detroit Lions at the time. I was coming down from Detroit and I'm like, the Lions had a newer, you know, facility and all that. And Valley Ranch was one that, I mean, it went back to when, you know, Tom Landry was still the coach. And so, yeah. But I want, I'm, when you mentioned it, the first thing I'll think, I think of is that within the last month, I've driven by there just to see what it looks like now. And it's kind of sad because it's, right? it's all, it's all gone. It's all gone. Like there's not even, at least if there was even, so like a big deal in Detroit is like old Tiger Stadium, just because like a, all the great Tigers teams played there and the, the great Lions teams of the fifties played there. Like it was. So when they knocked it down, it's sad, but they left the space kind of open. You knocked down Valley Ranch and it was like within a year they had not, they had like leveled everything two years, started building homes. Now it's just all brand new subdivision. You would never even know that the facility was there other than the fact that the street names are named after like Troy and Emmett and some people like that. But it's funny because I feel nostalgic about it because when I moved down to Dallas, I didn't know I'd be covering the Cowboys full time. And it became like, this is such a dream job. And so many memories are of driving out to Valley Ranch, parking out by the street and just going into this place that me as a kid made me think of like nineties Cowboys, man, like that, that like dynasty team, this is where they, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm growing up in Detroit. I'm never thinking I'm ever even going to live in Dallas, much less cover the Cowboys. Yeah. And so for me, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad that it's gone. And then also just access wise, it was just a lot easier to grab people and run into people in the hallway and things like that. Um, yeah, well, no, I would say that's, I miss Valley Ranch a lot. Those, that's the funny thing. Well, Dave and I were talking about this last time we, we did our memories episode and it is really funny, like thinking about Valley Ranch and this is not even like me, like talking poorly, but it's just, it's, it was, it was very outdated and super old school. Like it felt like an old like elementary school or something like that. And you'd walk in and it was just like this long hallway. Like that's all it was, but it was like, it like curved around. It almost like made like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it just was one big long hallway. So it was inevitable that there was going to be tons of like intermingling because you had to go through the hallway to get to like your, whatever your press conference, get to the practice field, get to whatever. And it wasn't laid out so that the players and coaches were fully separate. It was like totally interspersed between right. everything that, you know, the public or the media or the marketing people had to get to. Well, and, and in a sense that, so Jerry Jones is a person that, and I've seen him in so many different environments from, you know, whether you're talking about like Nobu in Malibu to Valley Ranch to after games, wherever, and owners meetings and stuff like that. And Jerry Jones is a person that as long as you can start asking him questions, he will answer your questions. It doesn't matter. I mean, you'd be at a subway, you know, uh, wherever, like he will answer. So at Valley Ranch, you know, PR wants to get Jerry away, but there's just not a lot of spots that you can go to that in a short walk. So you have a long period of time that you can keep asking questions. And if you ask the right one, Jerry will completely stop. And then once he stops, then it's on. <laughs> and at the new place, it just, it's very, there's just so many spots that they can take him to quickly. 
where you need a key card to get past. And so if you're not, you know, a team employee, you can't get past these certain doors. And so you're kind of, you got to, when you do see him, which, and, and then the other part is just the practice fields. Like he just isn't out on the practice fields to stop him there as much as we were able to at Valley Ranch. And so, you know, that's, I mean, really looking back on it, that'll probably be the biggest thing that I'll take away from this time in my life covering the Cowboys is that there's not going to be another Jerry Jones. And so 20, 30, 40 years from now, because I am a guy that I am like Jerry Jones in the sense that I don't, I really don't plan on ever retiring. I don't like, I'll, I'll definitely scale it back, sure. but I plan on doing some type of work for the rest of my life. I just, I, I will be bored if I don't have some type of work going on. Right. And I just think that there'll be a lot of times of referring back to things like, oh, well, believe me, you, you might think this is crazy, but one time Jerry Jones did this. And I just don't think that there's going to be more of those type of, of people that I'll be covering going forward. What do you feel like when you first came down to cover this team? I mean, obviously the Cowboys had a reputation, but do you have like a moment in time where you were working and covering the Cowboys and you were just like, this is so next level. Like these people are out of this world. Like this isn't even in the same category of, you know, any other things I've covered journalistically. Uh, the number one thing uh, <laughs> is just the fact that they're having training camp every year out in California. And it's so beautiful out there where It'd be, it probably wouldn't even stand out that much if other teams were even traveling a little bit, but most teams aren't going anywhere. And then for them to like leave and go all the way out to a place where it's just the most beautiful weather for a month. And it's just so nice out and you get to be by the beach and it's like this perfect environment. So that, that part will always be something that stands out to me, uh, about like just going out there and being like, man, it's crazy that I'm considering this work right now. Cause this just seems like, you know, this is like fun to me, you know, especially at that time, I, I I was just so pumped to just do anything that like the, the sense of having a full-time job, just covering the Dallas Cowboys was just so fascinating to me. Um, and I think that comes from too, that like, I didn't get really many opportunities like that right out of college. You know, I, I did a lot of odd job things from like painting houses, cleaning carpets, things like that, working at a hardware store, working at a grocery store, like doing a lot of jobs that like I did it to make money, but I didn't really love the job. So to get to this opportunity, it was just, I don't know, like I'll, I'll, I never, there's not very much time that goes by that I ever take it for granted, but, uh, the going out there for training camps, one, the other one is just like random things that'll happen. Like I remember after a Cowboys game, getting on an elevator and it's just like me, Tony Romo's cousin and Tiger <laughs> Wood and Tiger Woods. Yeah, And you're riding this elevator down and you're just like, I really would like to say something to Tiger Woods, but I also don't think he's the type of person that really wants to be bothered. So I'm just talking to, to, to Tony's cousin most of the time. And, and I mean, you've been there, that walk from the elevator to the locker room is pretty long. And all I'm thinking in the back of my head is like, I want to really say something to Tiger Woods, but I'm not going to do it. Cause it's just the three of us walking. And I never did. There's other times we walk out of the locker room and it's like Hulk Hogan standing out there. Like, and, and, and it's funny too, because I've never... I've not been around them in the nineties. So even saying things like that, that's like nothing compared to like the nineties, how crazy it would be. And that's part of it too, where I always think about just how there's just going to be people that if they ever get back to a super bowl, there's going to be like musicians, movie stars, other people that, you know, that are more popular than Chris Christie that are going to be around this team that you're going to be like, where did this come from? You know? And then, Oh, you know what? I should also say like getting a chance to be around Denzel Washington multiple times out of training camp, like, that will always be at the top of my list. Okay. So I 
like to pride myself on not getting super starstruck. Yeah. But the Denzel Washington training camp visit <laughs> was pretty next level. And it was just like, I don't even, he, he was just so, he was just so larger than life, but in a super humble way. Like, would you agree? Like, it was just like you, he was like this presence, but at the same time, he was so nice, so friendly. And I mean, I, I just, I loved his speech too. I mean, did you get to hear what he talked to the players about that day? Um, I don't know if I did or not. I don't he think was, so. So he came out. So the reason why he was out there, this is such a random story, but like, this is why I love the Cowboys. Like, it's just like this. So Tyler Klutz, if you guys remember, Tyler Klutz grew up and played college football with Denzel Washington's son, who I'm sorry that I'm forgetting his name. Um, <laughs> and he then was on, um, he was on play. What was that? Whatever that playmakers was, playmakers, that show that was like really popular. And I guess that his son had also been a practice squad player for the Rams and was like trying to make it in the NFL, like post-college before he turned into an actor. And so it was just like fun for him. Like he was like, I'm going to come out and like visit my boy, like Tyler and like obviously the team and you know, it's the Cowboys. Like it's, it's a cool experience. It's close to LA where I don't know if they had a, a home base there or whatever, but either way they ended up there. And like Denzel, I remember was, was filming some movie and he had like a full like mustache and like yeah. really scraggly. He was like, yeah, I'm down in New Orleans, like filming or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And honestly, he was just so friendly and so nice, but he walked up to the team and at, it was like at the end when they would do their like in the middle of the field, like Coach Garrett talks to them and they break it down and he walks up to them and starts just giving them like kind of almost like life advice. And he's like talking about he's like, you know, this is you where you make or break it. You're at training camp like you've already made it so much farther than a lot of people and most people. And, you know, talking about how his son went through this whole experience. And then he goes, but you know, the one thing to remember is you basically, in essence, like all of this is all for naught. And he says, you need to every night before you go to bed, put your shoes underneath your bed, because every morning, that means you have to get down on your knees and pray. And I was like, oh, snap. Like he just like hit the men with some real like ministry in that moment. Like it was just like, I was not expecting him to go into that huddle and like go full dad life advice on all of them. And especially like just in a way that for one of the biggest stars of all time to be like talking about like how like you need to, you know, pray and not take anything, any of this for granted, like was just kind of a, a wild and surreal moment for me. Yeah, for sure. That was like, uh, I think 2015, and the movie was The Magnificent Seven, which is like a Western, it had like Chris Pratt in it. Yeah. And it came out in 2016. And so that's why he had like the, the mustache and, and beard and everything that he did because of, yeah, he was filming, filming for that. But you are right. There are just, that's the other thing, like covering the Cowboys. You just see certain people and just covering sports in general that there are just certain people that when you see them, you're just like, there's just a presence to them. Like they're just, um, you know, uh, I, not, nobody has ever been on that level to me more so than I was at a final four one time when, uh, when Michael Jordan walked by. Oh God. Um, and, uh, 
even to a certain extent last night, I, I went, I've always wanted to see Dave Chappelle live and he was at American Airlines Center last night. And when he came out, I wasn't super close, but when I saw him walk out, I was just like, holy shit, that's Dave Chappelle, man. That's crazy. Like, I don't know. There was just something about him. And, and it also has to do with like how you feel about, obviously, if you admire somebody or you think somebody's a great athlete or, you know, uh, is really with the Chappelle Jordan thing and, and even Denzel, I put them in like kind of the goat category. Like when my life ends, I don't know that I'll ever put anybody above them at what they did. You know, they might, there might be other people that get to their level, but nobody that I would ever put higher than them. So when you see them in person, you're just like, oh my, like that is Denzel Washington. I would, I will never forget that one. And then he came back another year after that at the training camp. But yeah, those are the type of things that, yeah, that's just not happening when you're covering a lot of other teams. And and frankly, I think there's a lot of Cowboys fans that would say, yeah, that's part of the thing that's been an issue with this team is that it is more glitz and glamour than the actual winning. But the nineties will tell you that they were able to somehow do both. So I don't know. Crazy. I would, I would, that's my big thing. Like I would love to have covered those nineties Cowboys teams. And uh, I don't know if they'll ever get back to that type of a dynasty run, but I just think it would be a blast to, to, to cover something like that. Now I'm saying that as being single, I know that a lot of other people on the beat who have families and kids and stuff like that probably wouldn't love all that drama, but yeah, as of right now in my life, I'm here for it. <laughs> I mean, speaking of like the nineties, that was another one of my favorite parts is like, I don't know if this is normal for other teams and, and maybe you would know better than me, but I just feel like having all of the alumni players that are always back and forth, like constantly in, in not just like any alumni, it's like some of these people are like legends. Like Michael Irvin is like a child of the star. Like he just, he just like lives and breathes it like every year. My God, like, it's funny because you take it for granted. Like this guy is a legend and I feel like every single year he's doing a hype video for the Cowboys and you're like, Oh God, it's Michael Irvin again. And it's like, no, it's Michael freaking Irvin. You know, like we just get like used to having him around because he's constantly around, but it's just like, it's like, I don't feel like that's like super normal for a lot of other places. Yeah, it's, it's probably not. Um, I think of not, so, not as much recently, but in, in, I would say the first few years I covered the team, it was, I remember seeing Roger Staubach a bunch, no matter if it was covering an event or something like that. And he certainly was another person where uh, there's no question. I, I was nervous around him. I was nervous asking him questions and just because he is kind of, you know, that larger than life type person, but yeah, um, certainly the triplets are, are on that level. Um, I will say since I've covered the team, the closest there, there was probably about 30 seconds uh, where I felt like I was back in the nineties with the Cowboys. And that was, uh, I'm trying to think if it was last year, or the year before, but it was when, I think it was last year when Jerry gave uh, Jimmy Johnson, his hall of fame ring. Oh yeah. And when, and it was on the field at halftime of a game. And when Jimmy said, and there's only one other thing I got to say, how about them Cowboys and that roar in AT&T stadium. Oh yeah. And, and I, and I, and why I think it really stood out to me too, is because of like what you said with how many people come back, you really don't see Jimmy because obviously Jerry hasn't put him in the ring of honor. He lives in, in South Florida. He does TV. He's just not a guy you see around a lot. And he's such a face to me of like what that 90 success was built upon. So when that whole ceremony and all that happened, everything like that, that was, I felt like, man, that's, that's gotta be like what the nineties was like, or just how great that team was. 
and just how cool it would be if they could get back to anywhere close to that level. Do you feel like Jimmy and Jerry are in a better spot now? Like, do you feel like that was kind of like a, I don't know, like a olive branch or do you feel like that was kind of just like a, Hey, we have to do this for the sake of the show. Every day that goes by that Jimmy Johnson isn't in the ring of honor. I feel like it was just for show because at the time, if you would ask me like the next day, I would have been like, Oh yeah, he's going in soon. They'll probably do it next season. And then we were just at mini camp and uh, on the, on the very last day, you know, Jerry was, was there and, and we talked to him for a while and uh, Todd Archer towards the end asked him if he had thought about putting anybody else in as anybody else going in the ring of honor. And he was just so like, didn't even think about it. It was just so nope, nope, nothing on my mind right now, you know? And, and obviously, you know, DeMarcus is, is going in the hall. So, you know, there's that and whatever. It was like, he didn't even want to talk about Jimmy. Cause that's the thing. Like, obviously DeMarcus Ware is a ring of honor guy. That's that that's obvious, but Jimmy Johnson is an obvious ring of honor guy too. And it, that's, I will say that is one of those things too. And I think of moving down here and then, I don't know. I mean, I knew a decent amount about the Cowboys. I mean, one of my all-time favorite books is, you know, is, is really that Jeff Perlman book about the Cowboys because of the fact that there were so many of those stories, those background stories and, and so many things like that. So when I got down here, I was just assumed like an idiot that Jimmy Johnson, you know, was in the ring of honor. And to think that he's not is just so crazy to me, but um, yeah, boys will be boys by Jeff Perlman. I mean, just such a, such a easy read, just nonstop action. You know, I'm the type of person, I don't know if you're like this or not, but like, I hate when like a book or a movie starts slow. Oh, God, it's kind of like there. And, and, you know, people that are really into that stuff are like, you know, well, they're developing characters. You can develop a character. Give me something interesting right away. And I'm telling you that boys will be boys gets going from the first sentence. Um, Dumb question. I had started to read it and I like honestly forgot that I own the book and now I need to go back and read it. I'm actually ashamed to admit that I haven't read that book. <laughs> it's Ooh. good. Who was he though? Like, how did he get all this information? Like, I, I really like genuinely don't know off the top of my head. And I'm sure there's like a very obvious answer that I'm going to be like, well, I shouldn't have admitted that out loud, but like, I'm going to do it either way. Like, why not? Oh, are you talking about Jeff Perlman? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a longtime sports writer who he just, he specializes in writing like books about really interesting, you know, major topics like that. Like he's written about, I believe uh, the Lakers dynasty runs, like, uh, Brett Favre. I mean, he's written quite a few books. Um, and so, yeah, he's not a guy that was around the team all the time. Then it was one of those where, you know, that was such an iconic team. Let me go back and do a bunch of research and circle back with a lot of people. And let me tell all of these stories. Uh, and he just did such an excellent job of just, like I said, just keeping it interesting at, at all points to where, even if you're not a Cowboys fan, you know, you can just, you can just see how wild it was that the nineties Cowboys are interesting if that team doesn't win anything, but the fact that they won three Super Bowls is just, and then the fact that really I can take myself back at that time, being a kid thinking like after they won that third one with Barry Switzer, I thought they had at least with Troy Emmett and, and Michael, at least two more. Like I thought they would win five in like a 10, 11 year, 12 year span. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you'll get another team like that. Maybe social media has kind of ruined it to where you, you can't get another team that that's that crazy and that, you know, on that level. But if anybody can do it, it would be the Cowboys. I mean, I thought about the Cowboys a lot these last couple of weeks when there was that talk of, well, who wants to do hard knocks 
And all I'm thinking is I'm like, yeah, Jerry's not going to do it again right now. But if like the lions just did it last year, if Jerry was the owner of the lions, he'd be like, yeah, we'll do it a second year in a row. Like who else would do that? But Jerry would do that. Of course he would. I actually, this brings up a really um, dark question and I'm going to ask it anyways, because YOLO, um, you know, I feel like a lot of the conversation, whenever we talk about just how unique this experience has been, just being close to the team is really goes back to the ownership and a, like how Jerry carries himself, you know, his, he's just like a, he's a cartoon. Like he's a character. Like he's, there's no other way to describe him. Like he is Jerry Jones. Like he's just ubiquitous with larger than life. Like just your, I remember this, like the oil, he's not trash, but like, it's like the oil and gas sayings back in the eighties was like flash cash and trash. Like that was just like what the actual saying was back in like West Texas. And I feel like he was born and bred in the oil fields and you know, that some of that never left in a very character driven way. But like, what happens when Jerry's not around anymore? Like, do you feel like this team will still have its, it's luster that it still has been able to maintain despite its lack of success? Or do you feel like it'll officially the chapters and the pages will turn and it'll just kind of be like truly a has been situation if they don't write the ship? Um, well, selfishly, I guess I, and this comes from probably not having any children, but I really don't look beyond my own life. And so at 41 years old, I, I would I would hope to live to in my 80s would be nice. So <laughs> if I'm at the halfway point of my life, I just don't see even in the next 40 years of the Cowboys not mattering. And the reason why, or even getting to a level where no one really cares. And the reason why I say that is because of what they've built up to this point, there's just, they become such an iconic brand that even without Jerry stirring things up all the time, I think there's still like a Steelers or a Packers where they're just one of these historic, you know, franchises that people will always identify with. And there is a part of me that thinks that maybe they'll win more when it's a little bit less of the, uh, you know, glitz and glamor. And it's a little bit more just about football and there isn't as much noise made during the season or in the off season. Um, so yeah, maybe it might be maybe a little bit more boring from like a coverage standpoint of like, there isn't always something like real juicy to write about, but at the same time, maybe they're winning more and, I think every fan would rather trade for that, but there's no question that for good or bad drama and positive news has Jerry has maximized that to lift the Cowboys to a brand that's above all other brands in sports. And so um, I don't think that he, that would have happened if it was just because they were winning the most Super Bowls. like that obviously helps, but there's other parts of it because of Jerry, because of Jerry, like loving media and loving being in the spotlight that is elevated to a level that I just, I can't see in my lifetime of it, them not mattering. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I would be stunned if that happened. Now I can see them maybe not mattering as much as they do now. Yeah. That obviously can happen. I don't know that the future generations coming up will love sports as much as like, I love sports. That's possible. But for it to completely go away or for it to not just kind of be on the back burner, I just, I don't see that happening. If that's the future generation, I want nothing to do with it. Like my children, I'll be damned if they don't like sports. Seriously. Yeah. I can't imagine like 
not, and that's not like me talking for like, I just like can't imagine not having sports in my life. I'm like, what do you do? Like, like, what do you do? Oh, oh, that's easy. Uh, you know, you're on Twitch, you play video games, you know, you're, you're more into, uh, social media and kind of growing your own brand as opposed to caring about following Dak Prescott's brand. I think that's where a lot of this is going. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I, I mean, I, we have more reach than ever now. I think about that just from my own standpoint of, um, I mean, one of the reasons I fell in love with the whole idea of being a sports writer is because like the 20, I would say, oh, three, oh, four, oh, five Detroit Pistons were so good. And that was right in my time after high school where I was just so infatuated with reading every little thing about the team. And I think about like me in the nineties, like even if I, let's say I was a Cowboys fan, which I was, I was a Lions fan, obviously, but the, yeah, the Cowboys were always on TV and yeah, John Madden and Pat Summerall called all their games, but like, where was I going beyond that? There was no Twitter. I wasn't reading Rick Goslin and, and Ed Warder's, you know, sports day DFW columns there, you know, for the Dallas morning news, I had no way of getting those in Michigan, you know, but now you can be a fan in, you know, Taiwan and you can know a ton of stuff that's going on about the Cowboys. Cause there's so many podcasts. There's so much news that's put out there. 365. There's no off season anymore. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. I, uh, that's kind of why, like when I was a journalism major in, in college, it was very much like the term at the time was backpack journalism. Like you need to be at the point where you can do it all like on your own. Because before, like it used to kind of be, and that's this still exists now, but before it was very much like a, okay, like you have like your videographer, like they call them photographers sometimes too. Like you have your, you know, editor, you have your on-camera person, like, and I was broadcast journalism, but for me, it was like, oh no, you need to know how to do all of that on your own. So you can go out and literally bring your backpack and like, do you, you know, have your little handheld situation, video camera, and go back and edit a story like fully and entirely on your own as Kelsey Charles, like covering whatever we sent you out to cover. Cause it is like not like, especially with like what it was blogs at the time, but like you could be your own news source. You could have your own opinions and you didn't have to be like tied to an official entity to like actually, you know, be putting something out into the space. It's funny. It's funny you say it because um, one of my like favorite commencement speeches is this one given by Steve Jobs, where he talks about how basically, you know, there's all these different things that happen in your life are basically, and I'm doing an awful job of, of describing this, but it's on YouTube. If you looked up Steve Jobs commencement, you'll find it. But basically what he says is like all these different things you do in your life are these like little pieces of the puzzle. And while you're going through them, you don't really understand. And let's be honest, like what you're saying, I've had plenty of those things covering different things where you come away from it and you're, and you're bitching about it. Like, why did I have to do this and that and everything? But basically those are little pieces of your life that in the end, you'll look back or even right now you can look back and be like, oh, those make sense. Those all help me kind of, when you put them together, they kind of got me to where I am today or ultimately where you end up being. And I think about that a lot because of just things that I covered that I'm like, man, I hate that I have to cover that. And now I look back on a lot of those and I'm like, I'm so glad I covered that. Like it sucked in the moment and I was nervous because I didn't really know what I was writing about. Like I've covered like a rodeo at at t Stadium <laughs> before, you know, stuff like that where I'm like, I'll do it 
because I don't want to say no to any assignment. I'm trying to get hired full time here, right? But I'm also super nervous because I don't want to mess this up. I don't really know where to go. What what exactly do I write about? Who should I talk to? All this stuff like that. But then you look back on it and you're like, if I would have just graduated college and the next day got full time job covering the Cowboys, there's no way I would appreciate it as much as I do now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. It's totally true. I mean, it it really is. I, I would be remiss though before I like totally let you go and not get some of your favorite Jerryisms that you've ever had um in just covering this team and having the relationship that you've been able to have with him. I mean, the first one that always comes to mind is that how often this man has said circumcising a mosquito uh when talking about little minute things that don't really matter. Uh so I will say that that. That's on the top of the list. If I'm just thinking of like things that he says, um, <laughs> but in her, but in her, oh, go on. Can you say it in context? <laughs> oh, uh, it would be like, if you're talking about, let's say breaking down like the collective bargaining agreement. And then someone asks about something that just is so like, there's like, if you list all the things that we should ask Jerry about or talk about on, on this CBA, this thing is number like 4,056. He's just like, you know, like we're really circumcising the mosquito here. Like, are we really going to get into that today? Like that type of thing. Um, he's got so many great sayings, but that, that, you know, I just don't think anybody else will ever be able to compare to, but there's also a part of me where, I mean, obviously the times in, in training camp at Nobu and things like that off the record when he's just talking, saying some things that obviously was on the record probably would get him in some trouble. Uh, and just him being comfortable with really anybody that comes around to talk to him. And, and it's just interesting because he, he's probably disliked by many, whether it's Cowboys fans that are, you know, annoyed that they haven't won more or other teams fans that are just sick of seeing him and they don't, they don't like the Cowboys brand, but it's like, he is so personable that like he can really win anybody over in a conversation he's just a very he is uh he's like he's the greatest talker i've ever been around now with that being said you're going to get a lot of stuff that you have to kind of you know break down because he's going to he's going to give you a long-winded answer from time to time but he can just be personable with with anybody and he never really seems like he's ever uncomfortable and i just think i i like there's tons of things I, I, that in my life that, you know, you're just not super confident about, or, you know, you might have um, some insecurities about, and he, he, in a way just is a great example of how, yeah, everybody has that, but just, just keep going, keep moving forward. You'll figure it out. Don't, don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. You're going to mess up. You're going to like, for him, he'll say the wrong thing or do the right, th wrong thing. But like in the end, like, I'm pretty sure his career is going to be looked at as, as a success. And, uh, I don't know, just like kind of not sweating the small stuff. I, I, you know, there's he like, you can say negative things about the Cowboys and maybe it makes him mad for a minute or, or, or a day or so, but like, he's never going to just like never talk to you again or be rude to you. Like he, I've seen him like MF plenty of people and he's, you know, to this day, like, you know, you can walk up to him and, and, and those people you'll think are like some of his best friends and things like that. So yeah, I don't know. It just, it's interesting because especially in the social media world we live at, like I read so much stuff that I'm like, man, I really want to respond to this. And cause this, this person's completely wrong and they're annoying me and they're being rude. 
And there's just so many things where I'm just like, don't even sweat that. Just let it go. It'll move on to something else the next day, you know? And there's just, I don't know. I think that that there's, there's a lot you can like learn from that. I love that, John, you showed up. That was a perfect way to leave the people with a nice little nugget before they head into their holiday weekend. Thanks for coming to hang out. I really appreciate it. This was fun. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks for listening to me babble. I mean, honestly, though, like I could have like, I just want to, I think I might do this as a series for the summer and like just randomly like call some of my favorite friends. Like I got to get like, I think I got to get chill on here. Like he owes me one of these. Like we've talked about this for years for him coming on. And he's like, no, man, I don't do podcasts, but I'll come on. I'm like, perfect. Like he would have some good stories too. I just wonder like, you know, he'd probably do like the whole, like once we get off and stop recording, he'd tell me the real good ones. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a, a huge filter, so he'll probably tell you some good ones. And he is a good, good person to have on because he, I mean, he's been covering the team the longest, uh, out of our group. And I, I will say this, um, cause you bring up chill. I, I, I've done, I haven't covered a ton of other teams, but I've been around a lot of other beats and like, we're very, very fortunate down here that, yeah, there's things that we'll do that will annoy us, you know, like whether, you know, Clarence, Todd Archer, David Moore, Calvin Watkins, uh, uh, you know, there's just all, I mean, there's tons of people that, that cover the team, obviously. And, and, and everyone covers it a different way. And there'll be like little things that might annoy you or get you mad at somebody for the way they covered something or did something, reported something. But at the end of the day, we have like such a good group and for the most part, everyone gets along and it's just, it's a great thing because there's just a lot of time in this business where those are the people you're around the most, a lot, I mean, especially during the season, you're around those people sometimes more than even your own families and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate because I've been around some beats that, uh, it just seemed miserable covering those teams on a day-to-day -day basis and being around those people. And, uh, with the Cowboys beat, I, I, I really, really enjoy the group that we have. Uh, I, I would put it up against probably any in sports. Yeah, no, I mean, I would have to wholeheartedly agree. Like you guys are just, it's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just you, you, and by you, I mean me, you could very easily lose perspective when you're around this team because just the level of quality, the level of craziness, like just, it's just all like larger than life. It's all like bigger and better. And, and, and that includes like you guys too. Like I, you really should, like you, you should feel lucky. I don't feel like there's very many beat writers and I'm going to tout you for a minute who have the level of following that a Cowboys beat writer, especially like a you or even a David Hellman or, you know what I'm saying? Or Brian right. Paris have, like, they just don't like, it's just like, it's, I, I mean, I'm sure they exist on some other teams, but like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I personally haven't seen it. And it feels like there was a handful of, you know, legends. And I'm forgetting the guy in Houston who I is like, he was a big deal and he just retired like a couple years ago. But it's yeah, just, John McClain. Yeah, John McClain. Like he's one of them. But I just feel like for you have like 10 of those that are just actively reporting on this team, new school and old school. And like, that's just like wild to me. Like, that's insane. That's crazy. What? I was telling one of our editors not that long ago about how I just, I also enjoy covering the team even when things aren't going great because of the fact that it's just a lot easier to write when you know so many people care. And there are so many people that care about the Cowboys that you're, 
I have never felt like I was writing an article about the Cowboys that I was like, what am I doing here? No one's even going to read this. And there are plenty of articles I've written throughout my career where I felt that, you know, with other teams, other things that I've covered, but I never feel like that way with the Cowboys. And so I feel like they've had some success, but not the ultimate success. And so that's why it really makes me, I'm like, man, I think it's pretty crazy right now compared to most teams. Like how crazy can this thing get? Let me just, I want to experience how crazy it could get for the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl in like this era of social media. And I don't know, I could be wishing for something that ends up being really daunting on my life, but I just kind of want to see it. Like, I, I just want to see what that experience is like. Cause it, to me, where I sit today, just seems like it would be a blast. I'm going to go ahead and take that as you speaking that into existence. <laughs> so let's go. Like I'm ready for it. After, after they, they lost in San Francisco, we were standing outside the locker room. It was like me, Jory Archer and, uh, I shouldn't even admit to saying this, but I was like, I was like, uh, you know, you can tell all these players are down and they're all upset right now, but I'm like, you know, you don't think we're upset. You think we don't want to, we don't want this team to actually finally get to a Super Bowl. How long we've been covering this. You know, you don't think that I'm sitting here and I'm kind of like, man, all this going all the way back to training camp. Another thing I'm like, how many of these guys will even be around five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years from now? I will like, you know, like it just, I don't know. You'd like, think about it. Sometimes you're just like, Yes, they're giving up the ultimate sacrifice, the bodies. They're the face of it. They're going to get the most ridicule. They're the ones, as you know, Jason Jason Witten would point out, are in the arena. They are the man in the arena. They're the ones that that matter the most, no question. But like, we invest a lot of our lives in this too, where it's like, you know, we're going to ask you these difficult questions because we have to, but don't think that we're not sitting here going like, yeah, it would have been nice, you know? finally get to an NFC championship game. We want to cover that too. Like, you know, I, I'm not speaking for all writers. They all, all probably don't feel that way, but I had some feelings like that after they lost to the Niners. Believe me. That's so funny. And honestly, like so valid, like it's true. Like I always felt like that was something that like I felt because I like worked for the team and I was like, the team pays my paycheck, but like, you're right. Like you really do. Like, in, I mean, people like, again, like you and the David Hellman's and the Broadduses and everyone is, but like, there's like a, a subset that like genuinely is like there constantly and like not just like with the regular like going to the locker room but also like the ones that are covering like the really interesting like side stories too and like you're like yeah can you guys like throw me a bone too here please like that'd be wonderful <laughs> like please and thank you like we all actually would love to have something fun to write about thanks so much that's the thing with the cowboys too if they were to win a super bowl like it's not like Oh, this will be kind of a big deal for, you know, maybe the next season. No, it'll be the big deal for the next five plus seasons because we're in that territory now where it's like so many people haven't seen them do it. Yeah. And so there's just this blind faith. Well, you know, a lot of averages say that they'll finally win one or get back there eventually. But every year that goes by, the less and less people believe, believe me, I'm from Detroit, I know. <laughs> so for them to actually win one, how much more? backing that would give everything going forward like no you know hey remember in 2023 remember they built it like this they made this trade they did this oh, yeah. like this could this they could be doing that again when you say that stuff now you're just like yeah you know this kind of reminds me of 2014 or 2016 or something like that and people are like yeah cool lost in the divisional round who cares like can you give me a can they get back to the super bowl you know and so uh but it's it's all it's all entertaining at the end of the day i mean it's entertainment we're not uh we're not saving lives over here we would be incorrigible if 
if that like we would be incorrigible like I'm telling you it would be phenomenal too like I would literally I need it like I'm just like I'm here for the debauchery I'm here for like all just people being the worst because they finally got the Super Bowl like I just I'm ready for it I need it like I just feel like let's let's go boys like let's make it happen and for, for all and not and not not to take this down to a, a dark path or anything either um but like <laughs> There's also a part of me where I, I try not to get too emotional about any of it. Cause like I said, it is entertainment at the end of the day, because, you know, recently, I don't know if you saw, but the uh, Allen police department released that footage of the police officer um, at that Allen shooting and just how fast this guy reacts and how he handles himself and does his job. And you're just like, that police officer has a job. I have a job. My job does not matter at all, especially compared to something like that. And so when you see things like that, you're just like, I can't believe what I do is considered a living. And there's people out there doing like incredible things like that. So that is things like that will always ground me whenever I get too worked up about anything. Cause obviously, as you know, I can get really worked up about it, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, before I be, you know, get, went into the writing field, I, when I graduated high school, I, I went to a community college cause I got really bad grades in high school. Um, and I was going to be a, a police officer. I went, uh, really, I did not know that. Yeah. I went and got my associate's degree in law enforcement. And right around that time is when I started kind of having some second thoughts about it. Um, and, uh, so like I said, seeing that video, I was just like, man, what a hero like that guy is, how many lives that guy saved. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm over here just typing away stories about a, a, a tackle football team. So I don't know. Well, sorry, just want to throw that in there. No, no, it's true. I mean, like it is like, it's, we talk about perspective, but like, it is good to like have perspective through it all. And, you know, I feel like for me personally, I, it it's, it's a different, you know, type a value that you add like it just I think that there is a lot of merit to like what you guys do I've known personally just in people responding to me being like hey like thanks so much like you actually kind of got me through a hard time and I was like oh my god like what are you talking about like I'm just sitting here like yelling into the abyss no know? that's a good point though there is there is th that is a good point like it is it can be uh something that you know uh can be a distraction sometimes from things that are negative in your life for sure it can definitely be uh you know something that gets you uh you know out of a bad spot i think about that sometimes with whether you talk about like the office or like ted lasso something like that i get when people talk about how like you know i really needed to watch that like it was a good you know so i get the entertainment side and all of that for sure but i just i just think it's just so sm small in a comparison to like a hero like like that you know no it's it's true it is true and you know it is it's a it's a good dose of needed perspective that I think our world um unfortunately hopefully we can not have to get it uh by ways of tragedy and just right recognize it on a normal basis and a regular basis but you know I guess whatever way it is served we will you know acknowledge and accept it because it is important so gosh you're the best John you're just you're just a good one um <laughs> you're just a real good one that's what I'm say saying like good people top to bottom my friends um, <laughs> I appreciate that all right. Well, let the good people know where they can find you at, uh, what you're up to, and all of the above. Please and thank you. Yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter at John Machota, J-O-N-M-A-C-H-O-T-A. Uh, and 
we, I very, 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 very much appreciate it. If you subscribe to the athletic, um, and if you're already a subscriber, thank you very much. Yeah, guys, I've said this before, but like the athletic is one of the, the best places that you can find high quality content. They really have done a good job of finding the best of the best. And they can cost like less, it costs me like less than a cup of coffee a month or something ridiculous like that. And and also, like, if you love John, which I know, like, a hundred plus thousand of you do, I can't even, I remember what your count is at right now, then let's, um, let's just pat him on the back and do him a favor too. Like, let's help each other out. Why not? Why not? All right, my friend. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you guys go follow the real deal, John Mishoda, but also come hang out with myself and Megan. She is out of town right now, but she's on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Meg Murray with four R's. I'm on Twitter at Hey Kelsey Charles. Wait, no, that's not my Twitter. That's my Instagram. My Instagram is Hey Kelsey Charles. My Twitter is Kelsey underscore Charles. And also make sure you are subscribed to the Blog of the Boys podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead, though, still, just, you know, because Meg Murray deserves the world. I'm going to leave the good people with what they need to know, despite the fact that our one true bird queen is not here with us. And that is Dallas forever, Philly for never. See you guys next time.